Welcome to the Business Brew Podcast. Business Brew started as a simple idea, just coffee with a business expert. Business owners and entrepreneurs could gather around that expert and then ask questions and get answers in real time. The agenda and structure of Business Brew was designed to be simple and meant to inspire a natural conversation. It was an informal gathering created to support the small business ecosystem in the Spokane region. Typically, we met the morning of the first Thursday of each month at fellow co-working in downtown Spokane. But as you know, things aren't typical right now. In May of 2020, Business Brew, like many things, had to shift gears and we switched to an online format, meeting on Zoom and then broadcasting on Facebook Live. One of the silver linings was that each Business Brew has been recorded. This podcast is the result of that shift. On September 3rd, 2020, Ashley and Scott Ansel were guests for the fourth Business Brew Work From Home edition. The Ansels own and operate Northwest Pet Resort in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. This conversation centered around what the Ansels have learned during the pandemic and what shifts they made in their business to accommodate stay-at-home orders and other pandemic-based requirements. All right, so Scott and Ashley, I'm going to ask you a question um, that has nothing to do with the te- the potential topic, which we really want to talk about this morning is the things you've learned since the pandemic started. And just to, you're in North Idaho, so the things that happened over there were slightly different, although it seems like that mid-March was that same time when everybody kind of went on some sort of a shutdown, whether you were on the Washington side or the North Idaho side. But knowing that you're married and knowing that you work in the business together, how's that going for you? I get asked that all the time. <laughs> my wife does a ton of back office stuff for, for my business. She does all the invoicing and uh, a ton of stuff for me. So I get asked that a lot. So I love asking other married couples, uh, what's that like? What's that experience been like for you, the two of you? It's been fantastic. And I'm not, it's not sugarcoated. It's legit. Like, uh, it's, it's real. Uh, it's, we work together. We know, uh, our, our departments and, and our roles within the company. So I think that makes things dramatically uh, better. It much easier yeah. because if you don't know your roles, then it's a lot harder <clears throat> if you're stepping outside of something that you're not necessarily good at. True. So I, I would say that it's pretty awesome because we're a good team. Yeah. And it was, it's been great. I mean, like when our, so we have a, we have a seven-year-old and a six-year-old, two boys, and then we have a, a one-year-old daughter and a, and a two-month-old uh, boy. Um, so, with the, so we're very busy. With the first batch, <laughs> we get them in clusters. And uh, with the first batch, we were able to bring them with us, you know. So um, our, our old office within uh, the building uh, turned into Baby Ninja Warrior. So we had to retrofit everything. And then it has like chalkboard paint and, and hang out for them. Uh, but we were able to have them with us, which was really a blessing you know I mean they're not on the other side of town and and uh we're able to to watch them grow instead of missing those times so we're able to um grow our company while growing our children simultaneously nice that's awesome in fact the answer that Natalie and I give is very similar to that we just you know it's like we're you know and I don't want to it's not a criticism on anyone's marriage but I think if you're in a good place in your marriage to begin with transitioning to becoming business owners is fine but I do agree you've got to have your sandbox and you have to be allowed to play in that sandbox uh, and and be the one who's responsible for that. Otherwise, yeah, things get a little a little tricky. Um, okay, so Scott, Ashley, and I were all on a call together uh, a few weeks ago now with the Coeur d'Alene Chamber, and the conversation was very similar to what we're having today. But the reason why I reached out to Scott and Ashley was they they had so much feedback and the things that they've learned during the pandemic and and what what changes they've made. So where I wanted to start with Scott and Ashley is tell tell us about the like the biggest pivot or the pivots that you had to make initially 
when when you got word that things were going to shut down and and you were going to have to make modifications to your business? Yeah, I mean, we saw it. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we're essentially hospitality for dogs, so we're a hotel basically. Um, so going into um, the shutdown, our spring break um, boarding uh, reservations were full and twenty six on a waiting list. So we had forty rooms full plus twenty six on a waiting list. Um, and then we started seeing the daycare numbers drip a little bit, people migrating to uh, work from home as opposed mm -hmm. to um, going into the office. And then, uh, and then seeing the boarding reservations get canceled because, I mean, people aren't able to go on their business conferences or, you know, travel with the family on spring break. Everything was shutting down. So we saw that um, a little bit in advance and, and hoped, obviously, that it would, would not transpire the way it, it did. Um, but, uh, we were, we were deemed essential, uh, because we're dealing with live animals. So a lot of people are astounded when, when we let them know that we voluntarily closed, um, as opposed to just staying open. So we wanted to put the, obviously the safety of, of not only, um, our furry guests, um, as we always do, uh, Paramount, but <clears throat> they're, they're humans as well. So, um, that was on the forefront and not all places did that. And, and we really felt it was irresponsible because you're supposed to be espousing that care and love across mm -hmm. the world. Um, so it was a big hit, obviously to, to shut down. Um, we, we locked down, we had the, those six boarding guests, you know, they had to leave, they had to go somewhere. So, um, Ashley and I literally went in, took care of the, the feeding and, and, uh, and the guests <clears throat> and then had limited hours for uh, merchandise time. Um, just so that we could control everything and, and, and minimize that flow um, mm -hmm. into our lobby. So everything was curbside immediately at that point. Um, and educating the people in terms of why we did it. Um, there were a couple who scoffed, of course, you know, but um, the majority appreciated um, taking that hit personally, financially, um, so that we could put out uh, the best long term. Uh, consequently, mm -hmm. with our curbside and our new systems that we've put in place for, for checking uh, the check-in, um, through our, our online component, um, everybody has encouraged us and asked us, please maintain that because it feels like, uh, it feels like a valet service. They pull right up to the front door. We check them in with our iPad and we know they're on arriving and we bring them in. So, um, it's been really good. That's, I, I, I want to pop in. Sorry, Ashley, um, for jumping on top of you, but I think something that you said, and, and I think this comes up in, in the pandemic in general, which is like, things that we've learned that we want to maintain, right? Like just don't go to work when you're sick kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. But you talked about how the pivot that you made to doing curbside and, and, and that people like so much, they've asked you to keep. Yeah. So talk more about that. Like, did you anticipate, did you, you were like, Hey, we've got to make decisions for the short term, but we also have to keep the long term in mind, but things like that. Like, did you anticipate people liking some of the things that you changed? Not necessarily. No. <laughs> But we did it because we felt like it was the safest thing to do in this period of time. And people love it, which is awesome. So it, it makes us feel good. We kind of have made our operations a little bit easier for us. And it presents new challenges, too. I mean, we don't have people in our lobby. So they're not necessarily looking through um, our merchandise. So we have to go, obviously, we have online but we have to be adamant to be able to engage our customers that much more um, and, and have our employees engage the customers that much more to ask if they need, you know, food, treats, toys, collars, right. those sorts of things upon pickup, which they can order in advance and we load in their car when we load the dog up. So um, it's, it's a different step 
um, but it's it's turned out to be smoother um, and really tailored. Yeah. And you anticipate keeping that kind of curbside part of your process available for those who want it, even yeah. after all. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. We feel for everyone. Nice. Um, so what, what other things did you make adjustments to when it comes to your business and how you operate? Um, so talk about, so you've, you've said that, you know, people are in your lobby, so they're not, you know, so it's that point of sale, right? Like they're not seeing what's available. Have you set up any displays outside or, or coached your staff on how to engage your customers so that you're not losing that, that revenue stream? Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, I mean, this wonderful lady here set up uh, our on our website um, the ability to have that shop now. So literally, you're in your car on your phone, and we're letting people know, hey, you can go to our website, click that button, you can see everything that we have, you can order it, and then we'll load it in your car um, at the end of the day upon pickup. Or we've also launched local delivery as well. Um, so that's been wonderful. Awesome. And we want to be able to obviously continue to increase that um, as far as we possibly can within within the larger radius that we're able to. Okay, so you have to tell me about delivery because that's a huge, huge shift. I mean, there were restaurants and, and other retailers that really struggled with that shift. Um, you know, I think I had a client that's a, a local grocery store and they really struggled. I mean, they got curbside going because that wasn't a huge shift, but like delivery and they looked at the options that existed, sort of those, you know, um, all, you know, ready to go turnkey solutions that we're all aware of. Uh, and, and they really struggled with those because of how many products they have and, and all of that. So tell me about that delivery and the shift and are you charging for it and all of that stuff? Yeah, so yeah. we have we have a, a small fee um, for the delivery component and it's the same thing through the website itself. So you're able to go in there and choose whether you want to pick up a curbside or have it delivered on a specific day. Um, so we're literally just dropping it off on people's doorsteps or their workplaces. Uh, the other day, um, we delivered to Craft uh, & Lore. I don't know if you know them out of Coeur d'Alene. They're, they're uh, handmade uh, leather goods, um, and they, they ship across the world. They're, they're a wonderful outfit, and uh, we know the owners, and, and he went on there and ordered dog food from his dog, and we were able to drop it off at, at his business because uh, he was there, and he was able to take it home. So um, being able to, to be fluid and apply what, what the needs are for the customers rather than what we think their needs are is beneficial. Did you have to hire additional staff to manage delivery? And then what kind of rules did you set up? Like if I order right now at 8.15 this morning, how long, like, do I get to pick my delivery time? Like, how are you managing, like the logistics behind the <laughs> delivery seems so, so complicated. Initially, I set it up for a 24 hour window, just in case we were getting a ton of orders at once. Um, so it is a 24 hour window. But if we have the time, obviously, then we will let the client know that we'll have it there a lot sooner than the 24 hour window. Okay. So there's, there's stuff that we're still hammering out, um, but our whole long term is, is scalability. So we've been able to, to dip our toe in the water and, and get that reception and, and appreciate the reception that we've received. Um, and from there, we're, we're able to grow. I mean, ultimately, you know, hire drivers, hire vans, get those wrapped, that sort of thing. Um, but it's, you know, well, the, it's the journey, the journey, <laughs> the thousand steps, you know. Uh, so, um, so you envision still maintaining delivery similar to, to curbside long term? Absolutely. Yes. I think, I mean, with the amount of people that are moving up here from different parts of the country that, that already have some sort of service like that, mm. um, our ability to... Um, compete with um, something like Amazon, as silly as that sounds. I mean, obviously, our prices are close, um, but being able to tell the story of, of who we are and why we do it, um, and then at least be able to offer that ability to have it at your doorstep, 
um, if you choose us, uh, whether you choose Amazon or us, you know, you're going to get that delivery. So why not choose us? Because that dollar obviously stays local. Right. Um, you know who we are and you know our story. What, what's your delivery radius? $4. Oh, he said rate, rates. Oh. Um, so, so well, four, rate's good. That's good. So four bucks. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. Currently we're doing Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene, Hayden. Okay. Uh, but ultimately we want to be able to delve into the Spokane area as well. Yeah. Okay. So, and you talked about that, like scalable. And I think that's how you take like that short-term mindset and you apply it to a long-term scalable outlook and you go, okay, we can do this realistically in these three zones. Yep. Right. Um, but long-term let's create a plan to get into other areas. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a, that's smart. Um, so, you know, curbside, that's a huge addition to what you're doing, you know, looking at delivery, any other things that you want to discuss in terms of just shifts you made and pivots you made in terms of adjusting to pandemic life? We started invoicing all of our boarding mm -hmm. ahead of time. So we got prepayment for the boarding, which was really nice because we weren't getting that influx of money, obviously, because not a ton of people were utilizing the daycare aspect of things. Right. So that helped us with being able to keep payroll going and all that during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, we also added an integration with our booking system. So people are able to actually pay through that as well, <coughs> which has been really nice. So it's basically we've kind of changed our perspective and we're now way more contactless, which is awesome. And a lot of the things that we have implemented, we had hoped to implement. Obviously, you always want to cut steps out if it doesn't sacrifice quality, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we've had a lot of these things on the agenda, but no time. Um, so COVID uh, obviously forced us that ability um, to focus on the things that we want to implement. And so, also gave us the time to do right. some of those things because yeah. we weren't focusing on all these other things that we had to focus on. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, so when I started my, I, I haven't been doing this as long as you have, but I've been doing this about seven years. And when I started, so being in the services industry, you know, I, a lot of my clients are on a, on a retainer basis. So they, they, I, it's a monthly fee and it's, you know, some, it's ongoing. And when I started, I started in like February or March of, of 2013. And I had my first clients in March and I learned an invoice. So I didn't need a pandemic to learn my invoicing story. But what I was doing is I was working for a month and then at the end of that month was sending the invoice for that month. And then I was doing like a net 30 where they had 30 days to pay me. No. So yeah. So I was at the very beginning waiting 60 days to get paid. Oh, no. So like by April of that year, my wife finally goes, Hey, are we ever going to make money doing this? <laughs> Cause you have clients, but you're not getting paid. And so I had to make that pivot. And, and I tell this story cause I want to ask you something really specific to that. But by August of that year, so it took me, just about six months or, you know, four to six months to really figure this out. I was, I was working with a new client um, and we hadn't signed a contract yet. And he was a, a hotel and uh, an extended stay hotel out in Airway Heights. And I had rewritten my contract to say, I will invoice you on the first day that I start work. And then you have 15 days to pay that invoice. And so he comes to me and he says, Hey, why do I have to pay you before you do any work for me? And I said, I don't know. Why do I have to pay you before I come stay in your hotel? <laughs> And he, and oh, you know, and it was, and, and so I got a lip, a teeny bit of pushback on that. Did you have any of your customers, you know, whether they were newer customers or long-term that pushed back on that idea of, you know, paying ahead of time? I don't think newer customers had a real yeah. issue with it. Obviously, okay. They didn't know any better. Right. And I mean, I think they're also accustomed. 
we're from different parts of the country, so different parts of the country operate the way that we're operating currently, you know, um, not necessarily our industry, but just as a whole, you know, business-wise. Um, <clears throat> so they were fine. We had only a couple people who questioned it, and then we were able to explain, look, you're guy. saving that room, you know, you're, we only have a finite amount of room. So mm -hmm. if you board or book that and you don't show up, well, now I'm out that money as well as the fact that you've also cost somebody on a waiting list the ability to have that room. Right. Um, so this is a way to, to eliminate those sorts of things. So the light bulb goes off. Did you, so did you change your policy on uh, cancellations and that kind of stuff as a result of all of this? We did. So um, we had uh, uh, initially, if you cancel within uh, prior to 48 hours, obviously then you'll get your refund because that allows us the ability to mm -hmm. um, at least try to fill the fill spot. The spot. Um, <clears throat> and then beyond that, um, if you don't do that, then you're out. The same as a hotel. I mean, we luckily have a lot of the, I apologize. Sorry for our dog. Our husband <laughs> is great. He just had uh, <laughs> he had a luxating patella. He's one year old, so he's in his crate and he wants to come say hi to all of you. And uh, and he can't because he has to rest his knee. Um, so he's digging at his crate. I apologize. Okay, no, it's um, fine. But uh, uh, what was the question? I apologize. Oh yeah, the same as a hotel. I mean, you book yeah. you book at a hotel. You know, you're out that money, um, whether you show up or not, because the hotel has to has to fulfill you know their employees and and their operations, etc. So before I ask my next question, I just want to remind anybody watching on Facebook or anybody on the Zoom with us, uh, you can use chat or the Facebook comments to ask your questions. I do want to point out that Sherry Dickinson, uh, a while, seven minutes ago, probably a little longer than that, uh, commented, it's the best. And I think she was commenting in response to your curbside service uh, conversation. So she is a huge fan of that. Um, so that's Thank cool to Sherry. see. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, feel free to use chat and Zoom. Uh, you can even just let me know you want to ask your question live. Happy to let you chime in. And then if you're on, if you're watching on Facebook, use the comments as a way to get your questions out there. All right, Ashley and Scott. So you're you're hunkering down for a pandemic. You've made a decision that a lot of other businesses didn't, especially considering you were considered you are deemed essential. How did your customer engagement has come up a ton during the pandemic? Like, how do you keep people engaged, especially if you're a business that maybe they're not able to, to patronize or, be, you know, come be a customer? So how did you keep your customers and your fans engaged as you were making these decisions and, and transitioning and making pivots? It was a lot of social media at that point. Uh, I actually started coming up with these little <coughs> boxes for dogs, and I would post them once a day on Facebook, and people would buy those, and then I would invoice them, and they'd pick up during the window of opportunity for our merchandise. So that helped the merchandise continue to be a thing. Um, and then we just, Scott put out a lot of videos during that period of time, just stating why we were doing things the way that we were doing things because we didn't know what the heck was going on <laughs> and we wanted to do things the right way. It really allowed us, I mean, for both of us, but when she said that I put out a bunch of videos, when I was walking through the kennel, um, having literally a month ago, have it full, like we were considering location number two, that's how full we were, um, to the way it was when I first started initially. Um, in terms of numbers of, of guests, um, it allowed for a lot of reflection and um, an ability to pause and uh, 
take stock of, of what's important, mm-hmm. what our foundation is and, and where we're going and, and why the people that bring their animals to us are important to us. Um, so it was nice to be able to convey those sorts of things. Uh, it really impacted us and, and allowed us to make those, those videos to communicate to customers um, and, and reiterate um, obviously our mission and our vision and, and why we're there. You know, it's not just to be able to, you know, cash in. Um, it's, it's, it's to make sure that we can have the ability to provide um, all the means for you to have a relationship with your animal. It's a symbiotic relationship they do for you, we do for them. And if we're able to help you navigate that and provide the tools to accomplish that, then we feel good at the end of the day. And, uh, and consequently, uh, that's how up until that point, we were able to go to the grocery store and people would hug us. They'd run up the aisle, you know, they'd buy gifts for our kids. And, Stay away from me, don't hug me. <laughs> um, but it, but it's, it's nice to get that validation that, that they know that they're important, that they're not just a member, that they're a, a living being and, and their animals mean something to us. Um, so it, it allowed a lot of, a lot of levels of, of, um, resurgence and, and, uh, renewal really. I spend a ton of time talking to my clients about mission and, um, leading with mission and making sure that's the first thing that you talk about, uh, because it's why you get hugged in the grocery store. So can you in, you know, succinctly or, you know, take as long as you want, we've got all the time in the world, but can you tell us what your mission is and then how you get that across? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, it essentially touched upon it, really. It's, it's to be able to provide that, you know, to be able to impact the community, leverage what we have um, to make everything better than it was prior to us entering it. Um, and, and to be able to uh, be, I mean, that, that ding you heard, I apologize, I didn't sign it to my notification. It was, it was a question. I just got a text on somebody's dog um, that, uh, that has a swollen eye. So she's like, hey, what do you think this could be? And, and we're very, very uh, available in terms of reach out, ask us questions, we're here for you. And if we don't know the answers, we probably know a way to get the answers for you. Um, and that makes us feel good. We wanna be able to be that conduit. We want people to feel welcome, especially, you know, I mean, prior to COVID, the world was, I think people forget, the world wasn't a great place still. Like there was some crummy stuff, you know? And um, we want to be able to, to provide that happy atmosphere for people to feel they're part of a family. Um, and I mean, you throw dogs in the mix and everybody's happy initially anyway. So um, being able to be that spot for people, um, that's the validating. That's our, our, our mission with a lot of words. I apologize, but um, that's, I mean, I can go on forever about it. It's, it's just, it's validating. It's the most validating job that I've ever had. And it's, it's a disservice to even call it a job because it's a, it's a real mission. You know? True. <laughs> yeah. So Matt on Facebook was asking a question and I think the answers kind of come up in a couple of ways, but his question I thought was really good. So he said, why Northwest Pet Resort? Is there a goal to keep spreading across the Northwest? Why not Coeur d'Alene Pet Resort? Um, he suspects a marketing angle. And then you kind of said you, had a, you were thinking about doing a second location. You've even mentioned maybe growing outside of it. But did you, when you started initially, did Northwest Pet Resort, did you have a bigger vision? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um... Northwest obviously is it, we didn't want to limit ourselves. We always knew um, that when uh, when we explained how we did things, that people would be receptive because the the industry as a whole there's a lot of antiquation. Um, there's there's or the uh, the other uh, side of it there's a, a a lot of anthropomorphic approach. So these people get into the industry, they get a warehouse, they bring a bunch of dogs in. 
and they they put carpets and bunnies and TVs and all the things that you would want to stay. And it's not a hotel for people. It's a hotel for dogs and their psychology is different. So that carpet, that bunny, that day bed, um, the surfaces you can't clean. It smells like the dogs before. So now you're putting them in that room and they feel they're in somebody else's territory, you know, and Fido is going to come back and he's going to kick you out and he's going to eat all your food. So there's that stress level. Everything we've done is to mitigate uh, the amount of stress from being away from mom and dad and to fulfill their psychology. So you're not going to see little tight slides um, because they could get their arms stuck in it and injure themselves or the crevices can't be cleaned. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, obviously. And we knew that um, once we were able to explain to people and educate people and them see that fulfillment from their dogs, um, especially the people who have gone to other facilities and then come to us and say, it's, it's dramatically different with you guys. They're happy. Um, they're fulfilled, they're tired, they're not stressed. Um, we knew we wanted to reach out that way. And because of the fact that we live in an, in an area where we get people who live here six months, people who live in Arizona six months or wherever, we get that feedback. And we constantly got people who said, oh, if only we were blessed enough to have a Northwest Pet Resort in Southern California or Texas or Florida. Um, so we knew long-term we want to be able to saturate this region um, and then who knows? Um, a funny story on the marketing because of our mindset. I was reading um, initially when we started our company and we were designing the logo. Um, I was reading a lot on the hidden layers of, of logos, your Baskin Robbins, your FedEx and, and the things that you don't see, but then when they're pointed out and you can't unsee them, mm -hmm. um, the arrow and the FedEx. So I wanted to make sure that I had something that really resonated with people when they found out what it was or did a search on their own, they would remember. So I drew up our logo and, and, and the person that was going to design the whole logo sent me a couple options and, and I said, okay, this is great. Take this, take this, remove this, remove this, and also bring my stars back if you could. And she went, oh, what are those stars? They're, they're important. I'm like, they're really important. It's, it's the Canis Major. So it's the dog constellation and it means greater dog. So we knew we wanted to be the greatest, not for ego's sake, but for fulfillment's sake. Um, right. And that's what we wanted to push out. So yes, we, we did have long-term and, and why Northwest Pet Resort? Um, that is, we wanted to be able to provide um, as far as we possibly can for everybody to, to receive what they should for their animals. So um, yeah, uh, I like that they, that the design, we, I run into this a lot with clients where there's a logo, an aspect of a logo that you don't think that should be there. Um, and I like that there's that sort of, like you Easter egged your logo. I think yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, okay, so you talked about doing video as a way to engage your audience, and I have some logistical questions. So a while back, uh, Matt Slotomaker, who works at a fellow as well, and he or used to, uh, and he does a video production. Um, so Matt and I have known each other for a few years now, and he came and joined us to talk about like um, tips and tricks for doing video on a on a budget or on your own. So I, I, I was sitting here, I'm trolling your Facebook, and I found on April 1st you did the video "Your Lives Matter." And I just want to point out from my perspective, what I can see, you had 72 plus like hearts and likes and you had 86 comments. So I have a bunch of questions about this. Are, are you okay with that? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. Sure. We don't have to play it. We don't have, but you can go to their <laughs> Facebook page. I can even chat you the link if you want to go watch. So my first question is who held the camera uh, and, and how many takes did you have? It was one take and okay. it was, it was Ashley holding, <laughs> holding our iPhone. Okay. And, um, 
and I'm sure everybody uh, present uh, has already uh, uh, witnessed that I'm very long-winded. <laughs> I can talk forever and ever and ever and ever, especially about dogs. Um, it's and especially, passion. yeah. One the video is six minutes long, so in yeah. case anybody is wondering, so one like, take, yeah. six minutes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, both of us come from a place of gratitude and gratefulness and and, and appreciation of. I mean, if you look at the most recent post, um, uh, before the last birthday post, we do birthday posts for dogs, and and uh, but right before that, um, there was a post somebody bought us. Um, all gift cards for Dutch brothers. She dropped her dog off in the morning. She goes, how many staff do you have right now? I told her 10. And she's like, okay, I'll be right back. So she went across the street, bought gift cards for everybody on staff at that time and brought it. So we're always astonished that you allow us to spend time with your dog and then you give us gifts too. So, I mean, it, it, we're showered with, with these blessings and, uh, and, so being able to talk forever about how appreciative we are is easy. I mean, we love what we do. We love the dogs. We love to be able to have those times when it clicks. If somebody comes to us and goes, hey, you know, especially with, with nutrition, with Ashley, there's, there's people who have issues with their dogs, whether allergies or, or stomach issues, these types of issues. And Ashley is tirelessly spending uh, hours and hours and hours finding out how to fix those things without breaking the budget either. So we constantly get people who have been different, different pet stores, not places that sell pets, but, but pet merchandise across the country. And um, <clears throat> they'll go, hey, they recommended this for us. And of course they did because that bag is $130 for food and it's not necessary. Um, and, and often it's even detrimental to the growth of the dog because of the high protein level, all these sorts of things. So being able to have Ashley um, relay those types of things and those people come back and go can we do a testimonial for you you've changed our lives you've changed our dog's life um, and you're not you know we don't have to take a second mortgage out to pay for his dog food so um, that's there's just so many validating things on a daily basis that 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 we can go on and on forever about so Ashley held it. So, I mean, you, great. You totally just proved your point that you're long-winded and that's not a dig. <laughs> that's not a dig. I didn't, I don't mean that. Um, but so you are, you're, you're, you, you, it's very easy for you to talk about this and I don't think everybody finds themselves in that place. So I think the first thing is, um, when I, when I hear what you're saying is if you're trying to figure out how to engage your fans, if you're listening or watching, it's dig into that passion that's driving why you're doing what you're doing. And you've talked about mission a bunch. Um, so Ashley held the camera. Ashley, did you have to do any edits before you posted it or did you just take what, what, I mean, he was that clean. It was that clean. Okay. He, he just knows what he's gonna say. He's been okay. doing this for a while. So 86 comments is gonna be pretty intimidating to some folks. How did you manage that? Were they all positive? Uh, what, what did you do if a negative comment came up? Like I said, I wanna dig into the logistics of this video. Everything, uh, if I recall, was overwhelmingly positive through you know, March 16th on. Um, like I said, initially, there were, there were a couple of people who were like, well, why did you close? There's another place open. Well, that's irresponsible. We care mm -hmm. about your animals. But we also care about you and your health. Mm -hmm. So um, there were a couple. Um, but there's always been people who don't understand uh, our approach um, because it's, it's through the dog psychology rather than selling to you. It's selling to you through your dog. Um, and it's fulfillment. Um, so I, I don't recall if there were any negative on that. I don't believe there were. But we always look to... Um, any negative comment or or um, 
or something like that as an opportunity to educate. Um, and and, it, and it, I think it validates our realness. So it allows people to see that it's not, um, you know, all polished in terms of, of, of a fake uh, a veneer. Um, there's, there's the realness. So if for whatever reason, you know, your dog doesn't gel in our environment and you have a question, you post something, something transpires because they're dogs, they don't have hands, they only have teeth and claws. So when they're playing, sometimes they get scratched. These are the things that happen. We encourage people to ask us rather than, you know, getting upset because their dog got scratched on the ear. Well, okay, this is why. The same way that when we were kids on a playground, I'm sure we've all had a friend who fell off the jungle gym and broke his arm. Um, but we didn't ban jungle gyms and we didn't stop going to the playground. You know, that's a fulfillment. That's childhood growing up. We want to be able to provide the, the stimulation that dogs provide for each other that we can't replicate no matter how hard we try. Even at a dog park environment, if you're there, they're still in the back of their mind going, is dad okay? Is mom okay? Is this dog posing a threat? Is that person posing a threat? Where we remove all of those things from the equation and they get to just be dogs. And that stimulation they provide for one another in that pack environment is beneficial mentally and physically. Um, so we, we welcome, obviously, out of the gate, we didn't welcome negative comments. It was like stabbed in the heart. So like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But being able to wrap our head around this is an opportunity rather than, than an attack um, really changed perspective a lot. I, got, I have to point out to the comments and they're back to back. So this was really easy. So don't think that I'm like this genius, like researcher while you're talking. And I have, I'm not like a podcaster. I have no, I don't have a producer. So I have to do this all on my own. So I got really lucky. But Debbie said between the res reviews you receive and the outpouring of love and support from your posts, I cannot wait for you to reopen so I can sign my BB up to meet and play with some new friends occasionally. So you, you picked up a customer yeah. because of how you responded and because of how loving people were despite the choice you made. And I, as a marketer, I have to go back and say, that's because you've always been driven by mission. And it's easy to understand why you made that choice. I doubt there were probably some people who pushed back probably because of the inconvenience it presented them in their life. But most people seem to understand because that was the, the take you've had from day one. Yeah. Right. The other comment, and this is going to get us into a whole new area, was uh, from Michael who said, I'm actually an employee here at this wonderful place and Scott has texted me every day to check in and see how my family and I are holding up. I couldn't wish for a better boss and friend. So you said you had 10 employees. Talk to me about the things that you had to do as an employer and from employee safety to employee morale. What were some of the things that you've learned through this pandemic? And I love hearing the stories of things that you've changed that you plan to keep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, number one, I'm going to start crying. Uh, <laughs> I'm long-winded, but I'm also emotional. Um, but uh, I wanted to make sure that, that people – who are part of our team who are helping pull Northwest Pet Resort in the direction it's supposed to go, knew that they weren't forgotten. Mm -hmm. um, knew that you're coming back, we're gonna pick up where we left off, we're gonna hit new heights that, that were never achieved before, um, and it's because of a team dynamic. So we all, anytime we onboard anybody, we always say, you know, this is zero drama. Like number one, you shouldn't have drama. We're around dogs. Like this is, this is Disneyland for God's sake. Um, you should be happy. And, and if there are issues come to me immediately so that we can remove that cancer prior to it spreading. Um, 
I want, and, and we tell everybody, you know, everybody we onboard, whether you're going to be with us for six months or six years, um, we see something in you that's beneficial to our goal. Um, and you have the opportunity to be with us for six years or 10 years or 20 years. Um, the growth and the opportunity is there as long as you're maintaining that mindset that we're, we're impacting as cliche as it sounds to people that are around us for the better. Um, and that's what we always try to put forth is, is know that they're important and, and we're part of something. And, uh, and that extends obviously to our customer base. We always say, thank you for being part of the NWPR family. Um, it obviously goes for our employees too. Did you, so have you made any shifts to like your HR policy regarding, you know, sick time or just don't come in when you're sick, we'll take care of you, yeah. anything like that? <laughs> Anytime there are um, any presentations of illness, we do. I mean, we want to make sure we're careful because of the fact that we don't want um, anything detrimental to spread. We don't want to be able to or have to um, close any section of our, our operation because of, of um, ignorant approach. Yeah. And so now that we've asked, you know, some of these questions around what you've learned, what, what pivots you, was there, has there been a change that you've made, whether it's with your employees or just how you, you know, interface with your customers or any of that, that you're not in love with, like any pivots that you had to make as a result of this, that you're like, yeah, I mean, as soon as we can stop doing that, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Invoicing is kind of hard. <laughs> so we're trying to maintain an easier approach with that. So it, yeah. the integration, because it's all on me. Yeah. The other day. <laughs> so um, integrations with our Revelation Pet, which is the operating system that we use to take the boarding and daycare reservations, that is going to make our life much easier because they'll it's be able to send. pay through that. It auto sends <coughs> out. So that will be much better than my invoicing because I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, my <laughs> wife and I run into, <laughs> yeah, we run into the same issue. In fact, we've had to develop a whole internal system and it's really, it's a spreadsheet because we're just, we're just a small enough operation. We can do spreadsheets, but basically I have to update a spreadsheet before the first of the month with everyone that needs to be invoiced and then anything that she needs to be aware of that's different so that when it comes to the first, she can just sit down and just boom, go. Nice. Um, yeah, and it comes from, I just, I don't have the temperament to learn QuickBooks. Like it's, no, hard pass. Um, <laughs> so you're learning, a, like basically, you know, you've got a CRM for the pet industry, but I love that you're embracing it um, because those things can be so, they're big, right? Like they can be a big, a big, uh, but necessary. All right, so um, we talked about this just before we, we got on, and I, this was one of the things that just made me fall in love with the two of you um, from like a marketing perspective. So just to rewind, we were on this call together through the uh, Coeur d'Alene Chamber of Commerce. There was two other businesses that were present, um, and you were on a panel, and they were asking some of the same questions about like, what did you learn? And, and then it um, came to my turn, and I was supposed to just like talk to people about like marketing and, and what they should be doing, but the three businesses handled it all. And I felt like, what do I need to add? <laughs> you mentioned something in terms of not just doing social media engagement, but also sending a newsletter. Um, and so what, to clarify, we're talking electronic newsletter that you're emailing. Talk to me about that frequency, like what platform you're using, what have you learned, what do you love, what do you hate? I've been really bad about it, unfortunately, <laughs> during the pandemic, but I do like MailChimp a okay. lot because it helps me to communicate things to clients that 
they are needing information on. So as of a couple years ago, a new bug was an issue and it's called chewing lice. And that was the first time that I ever sent a MailChimp out was to get the information out to our community to allow them to understand that we're seeing new bugs in our general area and that they need to prevent against these bugs. So I really like MailChimp for getting that information out and communicating with our clients because that isn't necessarily an easy thing to communicate to all of your clients in person. Well, and they're not all next to you simultaneously. Right. Mm -hmm. So being able to send a newsletter updating, hey, you know, this is our new policy. This is how we do our curbside. This is how we do this. You know, we're able to educate people as a whole, as opposed to hoping that they show up or call us or message us on Facebook. So being able to send those things and increase that frequency going forward in terms of touching base to, um, I mean, you know, we had the, the big pills to, to digest in terms of, of educating in terms of COVID and, and policies, but being able to focus more on um, what we were prior in, in health issues, in addition to fun things, you know, that's, that's the great thing that, that I personally like when a company reaches out to me. So the newsletter component is beneficial, obviously, um, that, that we're glad to be able to utilize. We want to figure out how we can maximize it more. Obviously, we're always trying to improve upon our systems. Um, so being able to touch more people and whether that's, you know, um, a video site that, that educates people or whatever the case may be, those are things that we, we are exploring in addition. I'm thankful yeah. that my time will be freed up to do more of this once I'm not invoicing everyone. Right, right. I think, um, you know, what you said, uh, it sounds like you're, you're not just, so you, you kind of touched on this, but it's when it comes to marketing, from the educational side, like, and, and what I mean by that is when you're trying to communicate big changes, right? When you're trying to say, we're making a shift to um, this operating procedure, or we're doing this, you, you can't obviously communicate with everyone one-on-one, -on -one, and not everyone's gonna check your website, and not everyone's gonna see Facebook. Similarly, not everyone's gonna get your newsletter. Right. But if you post it in all of those places, they almost have to trip over that information to, to avoid it. So um, I think that that's I think that's a really good thing to bring up is that it's OK, with, especially when you're communicating big things like that to, to there's no such thing as over communicating. Right. Like and that's a marriage tip and like a business tip. Right. Like really over communicate. Um, so I like that. Um, Jalea asked a question and I'm not sure who's going to get to field this if it's me or, or someone else, but I said the biggest complaint she's heard about, um, uh, MailChimp is it's expensive. Um, so do you to pay for it? Are you at that place where your, your list is big enough that you're paying for it? Yeah. So we have a monthly, uh, the monthly unlimited, um, just because we have, I mean, we have thousands and thousands of people that have come through our doors. So, right. We'll touch upon them and, and, um, somebody had proposed MailChimp to us. So. It probably is expensive, but we don't have anything to correlate it to. Um, so we're, our ignorance at that point is kind of like, no, great, that's good, cool. We'll just keep using it until it, something better. It's for really us. easy, and it integrates with a lot of the, a lot of the technology that we're using already. So our Square and things like that. Right, so. and that's why I love it. I I've always endorsed Mailchimp. Um, I don't get paid anything from them to do that, but I like Mailchimp. It is super easy to use. It does interface with a lot of other platforms, whether you're using Shopify or like you said, Square or um, all these other systems. Um, and I think the challenge that we run into as small business owners is that we're so used to so much of this marketing stuff being free 
or near free. Like it doesn't cost you anything to have a Facebook page. Um, and once you get your website initially built, you're just paying your hosting or your domain registration. So the fees start to drop dramatically once you get past some of those upfront costs, unless you're on, you know, Shopify or something where you're paying monthly. Um, I, I, for me, the way I answer that is you sh if it's a good system and a good platform and you have a good list, Yes. Um, like you said, you have thousands. Don't think of it as a punishment. Think of it as like you're paying a reward. Like you're, you have to pay because you've done a good job. That brings me to a really good point. Did you start grabbing emails from customers right away or did you have to start doing that later? How did you manage that piece? Because a lot of people go, Oh, I have to get their email now. Like how do you, what's your process like for that? We did. So we actually started doing that on our paper applications way back in 2010. And now we actually have all of our people who are registering go to our website and mm. they can register right on our website and we get that information. They get to log into their accounts so they can update their vaccines, they can book their boardings, they can pay for their punch cards, their boardings, things like that. Upload a profile photo. <laughs> which is awesome. So we've morphed and changed a lot since so 2010, but always had the emails. Yeah, I hope that resonates with people and I'm going to reiterate that you went from an analog solution to a digital solution, which was let's just have them write it down and we know all the complications that that has because people don't write well. Yes. Um, all the way. How that would be during COVID, like we can't even really touch those papers. Right. Like that probably would not be very wise. So right. we can do all that at home. And I think that speaks to your mindset that you've had from the whole time, which is what we want to do needs to be scalable, right? So you started with analog until that no longer made sense or until you had the resources to be able to switch to a digital solution. And then once you switch to a digital solution, that made things obviously a lot easier. But I'm constantly just pounding on the table with my clients telling them like, whatever you got to do to start grabbing emails, just start doing it and then transition later. Um, I still use an analog version. So if I do a workshop where I'm live presenting to a group of people, I, I sort of cheat, but I say, if you want a copy of the deck that I'm covering, you've got to give me your email. What I do try to do is say, hey, you can just attach your business card to the list and I have a clip that goes around. But you've got to do something. I mean, everybody started at zero. I mean, there was a point in time when you started your list and you had zero emails and then over time you grew it. Um, so do you remember, can you think back to that? Can you rewind? Like, did you feel like grabbing emails Like, you were never going to get to a hundred or you were never even going to get to 50? Let's ask him because he started in 2010. I didn't come <laughs> home until 2012. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I met her and I married her and I bamboozled her to come into my <laughs> I need a business partner. Oh, and a wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. She brought all the merchandise component and, uh, and that, knowledge uh to what i was doing in terms of boarding the daycare so um so yeah i mean i i honestly didn't really think about it it was just kind of a collection because i knew it was important um even when we went to events we would do um drawings for a free item or a daycare pass um so you would have to write your email on a literally like a slip of paper mm -hmm. kind of the old-timey <laughs> you know cutter thing um and uh and and i would do that and we had our little logo on there um and then we collected them and we just saved them in a in a box literally and uh and then it migrated as as you know life grew and business grew nice yeah i think a lot of the people that i work with really struggle with the early days because it's like oh my gosh i only have four likes on facebook and i only have 
you know, 10 emails in my newsletter list? Like, how do I, I mean, you, you are at, you've got over 3,300 people following your Facebook page, but you didn't start with that. And I, and it's so important to remember that everybody started somewhere at the same spot. And, and, you know, we all put our pants on one leg at a time, as they say. So, um, anything that you can remember from those early days when, as, since we're talking about that, like, do you remember any of those hurdles? Like, how am I going to get to this next level or how am I going to get to this next phase or what is it going to take or any milestones that you remember as being important as you got started? Yeah, I, it was, it was interesting. I can't recall how I stumbled upon it the other day. Uh, I noticed that we started our Facebook, we opened in October, the end of October, uh, 2010. And then we launched our Facebook in December, um, the beginning of December. And, um, and yeah, I remember like getting those likes and, and, uh, starting that engagement was great. And then when we hit, you know, a thousand, that was ridiculous. And, and, uh, and then it just kept growing, but then there's that point, you know, and, and thankfully we have a lot of people around us that we can pick their brain because as a business owner or an entrepreneur, or whatever the case may be, there are those hurdles that you, you impose upon yourself or, or, um, your, your own worst enemy. So you're like, Oh, well, there's this place that has, you know, 10,000 likes and how come we don't have 10,000 likes, you know, because we know what we're doing is, is solid. And, and luckily being able to get that feedback from other people in marketing industry, all these types of things who go, okay, Scott, sit down. I'm going to show you that page that has 10,000 likes. And then I'm going to show you their engagement. I'm going to show you that they have 10,000 likes. Potentially they may have bought those likes, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but all their posts get two likes or no comments or no likes. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so put that into equation with like you said with the, the 86 comments or you know some of those posts that have over 100 likes or whatever the case may be he's like well, do you want do you want an inflated number that makes you look cool to somebody who's gonna land on your page or do you, or want, do you want actual real? active real engagement from people that genuinely care about your business so speaking of that your most recent post 11 hours ago it was coda's third birthday happy birthday coda you have more comments than you have likes like <laughs> that's that does it just doesn't happen Right. Like you, and, and I think that that's a testament to one. I mean, people just love seeing other people's pets, but you, you had, you had more comments than you had likes. And I, so you're right. It's in the comparison trap, man, in real life, in, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your business, that's the worst thing to fall into. But with your business, it, it's really a tempting trap, right? It is really easy to look at and I, and I hear this a lot and I've even posted about it just recently where you, you get into that place where you go, I feel like it's not working. Like I'm spinning my wheels. Um, but if you were to take, I mean, ballpark it for me, but if you were to take all the followers on Facebook and then all the other social media sites that you manage and you added that into all the email addresses you have, how many people do you think that is? Like what, what size? <laughs> Probably 10,000. 10, yeah. That's my thought too. Yeah. So A, you should be tracking that pretty regularly. You should have been going, oh, let me pull that up for you. And I'm a marketing guy, so I'm going to really hammer that. I mean, I know Emily's a client. If, they, if she wanted to know, she knows where she could go to look. Um, but you're telling me that like over, and here's the thing that I have to stress on this, 10,000 people have opted in to hear from you. Yeah. They have said, we want your input and we want to hear from you. That's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And dogs. And dogs, yes. <laughs> Um, okay. So looking back, um, through COVID 
and, and maybe even just all time, what are some of the things that have stood out to you as really successful marketing slash business development decisions and, and things that you've done? Um, and what are you the most consistent at? Goodness. We have it, a lot of things going on. <laughs> I think it really, I mean, it just, it harkens back to what we touched upon is, is, you know, the genuineness, you know, um, you know, that's what the most successful thing that we've, we've had prior to COVID during COVID, um, and, and we'll have until the end of time is, is the realness and, and, uh, not, not this facade of, of, um, you know, this fake care, this real genuine, we have people, we get a cross section of people who drop off for fun, but we also have people who drop off because somebody's passing away in a hospital mm -hmm. um, or some, or somebody has passed away or where the case may be. And, and since day one, before employees, when it was just Ashley and I, um, we were always able to say, Hey, we're here for you. If you need a meal, if you need something like this, like, let us know we're here for you. Um, and, and to have people be receptive of that or, you know, hey, we'll say a prayer for you. Like, this is a difficult time. You know, we know it's difficult. Whether your mom's 96 and passing away or your mom was, you know, 59 and passing away, it's never easy. So being able to have somebody outside of your circle of friends or family really have care and compassion for what you're going through and offer a hand, um, I think that's, that's what's meant a lot to people and yeah. and I, yeah. I agree and I think that's why it comes full circle too in why our clients really go to bat for us and why we get blessed with that give back also it's a community which right is well and and you said that I mean you got if you look at your revenue streams <laughs> the 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 grooming and the daycare and and you even do cats you haven't said anything about cats so I know where you stand on cats <laughs> Um, oh. uh, but those are all things that like cats, but we do do cats. They're so self-sufficient. <laughs> yeah, rarely eat any. Uh, but those things, I can't buy those online, right? Like I can't ship my cat to Amazon and have them care for it. But your other revenue stream of products that you offer, you call it your boutique. Those things I can buy online. Yet people are making the decision to buy them from you. Um, and I want to reiterate, I think that does have a lot to do with your mission. I think you could be competitive on price all day long, competitive on delivery, but I think really people are going to buy it from you because they know you've put in the care to sourcing your products and they trust the products that you have because they trust you. Uh, do you, do you, is that a true statement? I mean, where like products has got to be a tricky thing. I mean, retail can be tricky. What, what are some of the hurdles that you've overcome trying to get products going? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually brought our first line in about six years ago and it's called addiction pet food. And we literally had just one of each flavor to start out. And then it morphed into the pet boutique that we have. I, I think we just, continued to scale and scale and scale and I continue to do more and more research that one in particular is more of a holistic approach to feeding and we're one of the only places that has that between here and Seattle mm. so it made us really unique in that respect but I think you're you're definitely right the the beauty prior to COVID when people were able to walk into our lobby off the street and um 
and, and search through the merchandise and, and get, you know, opinions on food, we were able to say, hey, this is a good food. Um, and whether you bought it or not, we were still going to be open tomorrow, as opposed to something that only has one stream of revenue, like a, like a merchandise pet store, mm. where they're only selling things. Of course, back to what I was saying earlier, they're going to want to sell that $130 bag of dog food because it keeps the lights on. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's good for your dog or not, that's the right. way you most. Um, we can say this $60 bag is great for you or whatever the case may be. And you can understand that it's a true statement because that wasn't our driving force when we were bringing merchandise in. And so that's been the common thread through all the merchandise that we've brought in is unique items that are beneficial to your animal that you can know are beneficial um, because we're still going to be here whether you buy it or not. Um, Plus all dogs are different. So you have to tailor <laughs> their nutrition based on the breed and things of that nature too. And from that point too, we're able to be able uh, or able to um, put forth different programs. I think we touched upon um, in the chamber uh, uh, program, uh, we're feeding uh, multiple uh, search and rescue canine and uh, uh, law enforcement canines as well um, for free for them. So, you know, third, at any given time, there's X amount of, you know, canine units in our parking lot. Um, we're the safest place in Coeur d'Alene, like, um, and, and it's our way to say thank you and our way to give back. So it's free for them. They can allocate those funds elsewhere in their budget. Um, <clears throat> but those things can be done because of the people that purchase from us. So it's a rope of many strands. We say that very often, a rope of many strands, like we're all in this, going the same direction. Your purchase goes to local rescue. We do donations for um, local rescues across the country. If they're transporting a dog from California to Wyoming, um, and they're going to stop in Washington, Idaho, they can board their dog for free while that second leg picks up to take them to their destination. And um, one in particular, she was out of Texas recently, and um, she called and she's like, hey, I found you online. Um, We rehomed this dog to a family in Spokane. It's not working out. I need to transport this dog. I don't have my transport in place. Can I board it with you? Then she asked, do you offer a discount to rescues? I said, yeah, you'll pay nothing. <laughs> she literally started crying. Her jaw dropped. She started okay. crying. And, and she said, I, I can't believe it. We've just put X amount of dollars out on this other dog that needed surgery before it could be rehomed because it was abused, whatever the case was. And, and it had some leg issues. Um, she's like, so I was going to have to pay like out of pocket, whatever. And for you to do this, God bless you guys. Um, and the dog was with us for X amount of days. Um, and happy story, the dog actually got adopted by one of our employees. So um, it didn't need to travel back to Texas. It actually uh, is here and comes for daycare now um, with our team member. So, um, but those are the things we do, we do across the country. If, if we have open space, we're able to leverage and help you, we're going to do that. Um, and and that's, that's where we, we try to really focus on educating people that it's a, it's a collective effort. You, you've said this a, a few times and your mission seems to be really centered around community, but you're not just do you're not just saying it. And I think a lot of businesses really think that they're a part of the community and then their the actions don't speak as loud. And, and I think you, you've given some really good examples of how you're engaged in the community, not just your local community, because you you serve a few different components. So your local community, you're serving in a lot of ways, you know, whether it's a local shelter or local law enforcement animals. But then this idea that you're you're reaching out and you're making yourself available to those, you know, those shelter programs across the country. You're really I mean, you're in two communities. You're in that pet lover community, which is a bigger and then you're in your local community. 
And I, and I really want to just applaud you. I think that that, that is really that driving force behind why people love you so much. I mean, clearly if you love their pets, they'll love you, but you're, you're just, you're going beyond that and loving the whole pet community locally and nationally. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, also on that, um, Emily popped in and said, uh, uh, in regards to the, you know, sh buying product, um, being able to ask questions, I, I might be able to go onto some online website and ask questions. I might be able to go to Amazon and read through reviews, but I'm able to ask you two directly about my animal that you may know, right? Because I've brought my animal there. Um, and you have a lot of, um, experience with that. I think that, that it, I always say to people, if you're going to sell something that I can buy on Amazon, you have to offer a different experience than just the product. Cause I can buy so much from Amazon. There has to be a different component and it sounds like it's the community, but also just that knowledge. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, lots of research, lots of sleepless <laughs> nights for sure. On all levels. I mean, uh, we want to be able to answer your questions. Like I said, we want to be able to have, you know, um, that whatever you're encountering, um, you can come to us and, and we want to help you fulfill your animal and fulfill your relationship with your animal. Um, and, and we've been able to, I mean, recently there's been so many people moving up here and, and being able to, to have that feedback from people. Um, who are now relocating and who have been to other facilities again um, and they're able to to post you know oh wow we're so glad we found you like we really feel part of something and, and I think that's really important uh, it was important before COVID it's important now to feel part of something um, yeah. something that's beneficial to to your being um, and then beneficial to your community I, I think those are two things that are I mean I think that's a difference maker I want to point out, you know, sort of a tangent, but I think you two have handled this whole people moving to our area a lot more gracefully than some of, you know, the local residents tend to. We tend to think, no, this is our area. Like we, you know, the in the Northwest, like you can't come. We've got this secret. I actually met a guy who had moved up here from California and he was in a, in a business meeting and he said, uh, I don't tell anybody about how cool this place is. Like he literally, he was like serious. He's like, we found it. We don't want anybody else to come. And not because of the people, but just, you know, they don't want, you know, they just, it's like, it feels like it's ours. Sure. And, and you've gone one step further and said, we need to learn from these folks. So I think if you find yourself as a business or even a person and you're going, oh, all these people moving into the area is really frustrating or annoying or whatever, just look at it as, as an opportunity to go, what can we learn from these folks? Because they are, they're bringing really valuable feedback to you on what they've experienced other places. Absolutely. And I mean, of course, if you have a dog, you're probably pretty cool right out of the gate. You know? <laughs> uh, so we want to be able to, again, roll out that, that welcome. I mean, who doesn't want to be welcome? Like how many times do you go into an event or prior to this, go into an event to, and, and you feel like, Oh God, I got to crack that shell. Like that's awful. That's an awful mm -hmm. feeling. So being able to welcome people um, to our area and, and be representative of that, it was, I was really touched two weeks ago. I have a, they're, they're, a, they're an older couple and they're moving up here from Oregon and um, they have a poodle. And the first day she called and she's like, Hey, I need to drop my poodle off. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I, I met her at the door and we checked in, we did all that. And <clears throat> she's like, yeah, we're looking for, for property. We're, we're out with our real estate agent. We're doing this. I'm like, well, you know, here's a great place for lunch. Here's this. If you need anything, let me know. Um, and, and she came, they were here for two weeks and they came a total of five days. And on their last day, when she dropped off, I said, uh, how, how's the, how's the house hunt going? And she's like, 
ah, we found, a, we found some property in Hayden. We're going to build, we're going to build a house. Um, we'll be up here in a year. And, uh, and, and we can't wait to be able to bring Charlie uh, to you um, every day when we're up here. And she goes, and you know, Scott, I just want to tell you, I told my husband, Herb, that if you're the representation of that community, that's a community I want to live in. Mm-hmm. I almost started crying. <laughs> I wanted to hug this lady. Um, and, and those are the things that, that fuel us, you know? And um, he came home and told me this story and it touched my heart. I was so amped. Was so like, cool. It was just so cool. It was just great. And, and that's just the fuel that, that continues to propel us. Um, so welcoming people. It doesn't take anything to smile and wave and, mm-hmm. and, and give tips on where's a good place for lunch, you know? And, and you don't know how you're impacting somebody's life that way um, by the smallest actions. You know, it's, it's yeah. that ripple effect, you know, that little stone in a river. How is that going to change that river's course? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm from a super small town north of Spokane, and you weren't from that town unless you were like a third generation. So... Um, <laughs> And, and so it was really difficult because we moved there when I was like in fifth grade and it felt difficult to feel welcomed. Um, and I think it's important. I think that just comes back to that community thing. Like you're just, you're living out that mission of like really trying to be a place where it doesn't matter. I mean, you have a dog, that's all you need to have in common or a cat. Um, and that's all you need to have in common in order to be a part of that community. Emily did say, she jumped in and said, cats are cool too. So we, we, do have, we have got. Um, uh, and, and Jalea just said she's from a tiny town and can completely relate. I guess that's to my story. Um, so I love that you're really trying to take that approach, um, from community. So we're, we're, you know, we can round this thing out if we feel like I do have one, one last question that I can think of. Um, you do almost everything for pets, but you don't offer vet services. And I know that's a big piece of it. You do offer advice. People reach out to you. Um, what can you talk to me about? I talk to my clients a lot about strategic relationships. So what I mean by that, or what are the businesses that reach customers similar to yours that you can develop relationships with and then, you know, share customers and share experiences. You ought, you have to have good relationships with the vets, right? I mean, talk to me about those kinds of businesses that you partner with that offer things that you don't. Absolutely. And we had the opportunity over the course. We've had uh, multiple vets move up to our area that asked if they could partner with us. Um, and, and we kindly passed because we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves. Mm-hmm. If, if I have a vet on staff, well, then why am I going to refer to any other vet in our area? Right. I would rather sacrifice the income that's coming in from one stream with one vet um, and make relationships and, and actual friendships. Like I have numbers of, of the vets in our area in my phone and we text and we go to coffee and we do these things and um, being able to build that relationship uh, is much more important to us um, than, than hyper-focusing on, on one source of, of revenue um, that's detrimental long-term. Okay, I got it. You, you keep saying things, I got to dig in. So, you're, so you're, you're, walking, you're walking the talk here. You, you, you're not just like, hey, we're a business in town. Would you please send clients to us? We'll send clients to you. You said you text and go to coffee with these folks. Yep. So yeah. you're actively maintaining, rela- it's, we're, this is the relationship in strategic relationships. So you're actually working on a personal level with these folks. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how many people um, who are on currently or who will watch later on um, are aware in terms of the dog industry. Um, It's only increased. Um, Obviously, we hit a stutter when it came to COVID. Um, The pet merchandise did not um, across the country. uh, It it increased um, because, of course, dogs are at Mm -hmm. home. So people wanted to buy more stuff for their dogs. But um, as a whole, the boarding, the daycare, the grooming, 
components of our industry has increased across the board. So in terms of that, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who, who think I can get a warehouse and there are a bunch of dogs in there and I can laugh my way to the bank and it's incorrect. Um, and, and, and it's very, very awful. The stories that we get from operations like that customers who have been, um, to those places across the country. Um, and whether they, they mean to or not, that's, that's to be determined, but, um, their approach and, and, and the ramifications that are created because of that is awful. So mm-hmm. being able to pinpoint um, people who got into our industry out of passion rather than necessity um, is important to us. So whether that's a trainer, whether that's a veterinarian, whether that's grooming, um, we want people who didn't get into the industry because there aren't background checks. We want to link arms with people who got into the industry because they genuinely care about pushing the ball forward and providing the best. So being able to create a relationship with a great vet who, who will sit down, who will cry with you when you have to put your dog to sleep, who will mm-hmm. put his hand on your shoulder. Um, those are big things to us. And, uh, and those, are, those are the relationships we want to make because when people move up here again or, or they're changing vets, whatever the case may be, we're able to say, you know, this is who we use personally. This is who we have feedback from. Um, this is who we have relationships with. Um, try this if, if this is the need that you need filled. Um, if you're looking for this, this is the, the place that we'll send you to. Um, so, so we want to tailor everything, um, again, to fulfill the best for your pet, dog and cat. And let me emphasize, cats are awesome. We like cats. <laughs> Emily, cats are great. We have cats. Uh, they just... I mean, people can leave cats. They leave their dog, their food and their water out and, and they just come back in a few days and the cats are just chill, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you were gone, whatever. <laughs> uh, but dogs need that. The cats that do stay with us, however, uh, for the most part, are extended time. Somebody's gone somewhere for two weeks or, they're you know, they have, <clears throat> or they have diabetes and they need, you know, insulin or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we speak a lot about dogs because the biggest part of the pie is dogs, but Cats are part of that pie, and well, let's not denigrate them. Uh, we like cats as well. I think well, on logo, for God's sake, I'll get a cat on our logo. So, <laughs> well, like our cat is like a little dog. Yeah. Um, he gets, you know, when we get home, he's very much like a, a dog, and so we fe- we felt guilty even leaving him with a cat sitter. But I've never, like, I've never considered boarding him because I've also been concerned about him being, you know, and scared in a warehouse somewhere with people that aren't. So, like, all, all that you're saying, I think, appeals to um, people who care about their animals. And I'm guessing those are the people you want to Absolutely. attract. Absolutely. And um, so, you know, I'm over in Spokane, but I was just thinking, like, we aren't going on vacation anytime soon, but if we were, it, it would be worth, you know, a drive to Coeur d'Alene as long as, you know, our kitties in good hands. And so. Thank you. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's working. What you're, what you're doing is definitely speaking to me as a, you know, fellow Inland Northwestian and uh, a pet lover. Awesome. I'm over here thinking the exact same thing too, because my cat is also kind of like a dog, and I'm also in Spokane, and I went on your website, and I was like, pretty sure I paid a pet sitter to not treat my cat as well as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so three things came out of that, Scott and Ashley. One, 
you need to do a video series on how you care for cats so yes. that people you can like take down that barrier of entry number two people are willing to drive far for for you you know and you have to think like i'll drive across the border for the lakes i don't know that i drive across the border for businesses all that often and then number and even and that, that that's cabela's included in that and then three you need to open a Spokane location. It sounds like you already have some people ready to go. Yeah, so. we, we actually have quite a few daycare dogs and boarding dogs that come from Spokane and cats too. <laughs> we, that's one of the great things. Anytime anybody asks, you know, um, our, our demographics and locations and about 20 to 25% of our customers do come from Spokane, even for daycare. Yeah. So they'll drive to Coeur d'Alene, drop their dogs off, go back to Spokane and work drive pick their dog up after work and then drive back home to spokane so um they'll make that trip daily um and uh and that makes us feel good i mean to know that that what we're doing is resonating with people and and they can understand that we we treat their animals as our family is is great and so yes ultimately we would love to have one in spokane or ten in spokane or who knows like who knows sky's the limit yeah, it definitely sounds like there's the opportunity. All right, so uh, I'll we'll hang out. I don't. I've run out of questions. I think I got through most of the things that I was eager to talk to you about. Um, if anybody watching on Facebook or still joining us on the Zoom has any questions, by all means, jump in, uh, and we'll just hang out here for a few moments. But while we're waiting, just thank you so much, you two. Uh, it's you. been really great. I think you both have a ton of really awesome feedback and just things that I think um, we can think about during a pandemic and then post pandemic. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for having us. Like we can't thank you enough. I mean, obviously again, back to my long windedness, any opportunity to be able to convey, you know, my passion, our passion and what we do um, in our realms uh, within that building is, uh, is always welcome. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. It was nice to meet you and yeah, hear about what you do. Have a good day. Uh, by the way, Abby jumped in on Facebook and said, I love that. And I think it was around the conversation, somewhere around how you're vetting your uh, strategic partners and, you know, making sure. And I think that's important. You know, you, you mentioned that, but making sure that the people have that aligned mission makes a lot of sense. Totally. Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, it's, it's just basic, I think, human interaction that, that unfortunately has been lost for whatever reason is, you know, understanding that you have air in your lungs and and uh, that means you're i care about you and uh, and consequently obviously you bring your dog to us and, and cat to us um and uh, and and we love that so we want to be able to to continue to to put that forth yeah all right well uh i think that did it for questions um i appreciate you two so much thank you so much it sounds like you're doing really cool things for the pet community and just your your local community in general so keep keep up the good work um, and if you do get to where you're opening that, uh, that Spokane, uh, location, let me know. We'll help get the word out. So, um, any, any final thoughts, anything you guys want to add before we, we call it a, a morning? Uh, yeah. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I mean, um, there, we, we had a, a, a couple who was uh, moving to a different part of the country and their dogs were boarding with us two days ago and, um, and asked us some questions. They're like, well, do you know where we can get, you know, this particular item? And uh, I said, well, you can go to this website and, and see, you know, authorized sellers 
of, of this item. And I said, um, but if you have any questions, I mean, even if we're, we have people in Europe who reach out to us and ask us questions um, through our Facebook and, and our Instagram and, and bounce ideas. We off actually of, have uh, people actually, that reach out that don't even bring their cats or dogs right. to us either. And they advocate for us. So whether it, it's, it's <laughs> not Which a, is really cool. It's not yeah. a monetary gain for us. We just want to be able to impact your life. So if you have questions, reach out, like whether you're, you're, boarding your dog with us or not, or buy and from us or not. Like we want to be able to help you out um, however we can and guide you in the right direction. So we're always, we're always willing to, to answer questions and, and be there for you and, and uh, grab coffee or whatever. Okay. Well, zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. You both are great. Um, I hope you have a good rest of your morning. And uh, yeah, if, uh, if you have any questions, about your pet, feel free to reach out to them. Uh, I've been on your website this morning, been on your Facebook. Uh, it's very clear that that's a part of your mission is to just be there to serve people and their pets. So thank you so much. Have a good rest of your morning. You too. Thanks guys. Thank you.